you, but I am personally curious as to how you even got involved in this whole concept of, of coaching. And why don't you tell us like what, what brought you to this, uh, to this point to create this brand? Sure. Uh, well, uh, again, I don't want to get into my hour, uh, talk because I, I don't like vomiting of the mouth, but, uh, uh, prior to uh, my real estate life, uh, my first company was a medical training company uh, called Training Solutions. So what we did is we provided uh, compliance programs for medical offices, for Kaiser, St. Joe's, Catholic Healthcare West. Basically, uh, in the medical business, uh, if you're a nurse, a physical therapist, a doctor, a dentist, you need a CPR card every two years but not just the CPR card you get at the Red Cross. It's called BLS for healthcare providers, basic life support. And then depending on which department you work in the hospital, you may need a more advanced one called ACLS or advanced cardiac life support. So the company I started when I was in college was we, we delivered these type of programs to hospitals and schools and medical centers and those type of things. So my first real taste of education was delivering mass programs. I would train 80, 90 people at a time. Uh, and I would say, wow, that, that's, I like this type of business, right? You're one person, a hundred people, uh, you're making, you know, $60 a person, not bad, you know, $6,000 for one day. I said, I like this business. And then I said, I also like the fact that every two years they have to renew their license. So they call you back, right? Hey, Armando, I need my renewal. So I had to decide, okay, I like this business, but how do you compete against free, right? Because a lot of us that have done CPR, we did it free, right? We did it, you know, remember the Resusa Annie, that mannequin, and you did it free, or you did it in the Israeli Defense Force, you know, somewhere you found it in the, uh, where you took CPR. So when I started that business uh, and took it over, I had to decide, how do you compete against free, right? Because most people are like, oh yeah, CPR is good, but I can do it for free at the Red Cross, right? So I said, well, number one, we'll do it faster. What do you mean? You go to Red Cross, it's eight hours. We'll do it in three hours. Oh, good, because I don't have all day. I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist. I'm a... Number two, instead of you breathing on the same mannequin and wiping it every time, we'll give everyone a brand new one. So everyone's got their own. And then number three, instead of you watching some video, for eight hours, I'm going to explain it to you. We're going to explain how the heart works, why they put electricity, why do they shock you? Like the movie's clear. Why does that happen? Right? Because when you have a heart attack or an injury, your heart's normal electrical activity, your QRS wave gets disrupted. And you might go into what's called ventricular fibrillation, not where your heart stopped, but where it stops pumping. Kind of like your computer, your computer freezes. Mm -hmm. How do you fix it? You reboot it. So we reboot the heart when it's quivering with an electrical charge, clear, shock, and hopefully the heart will restart in a normal sinus rhythm. If you're dead, you're dead. We don't shock you. So people are like, oh, that's interesting. I like the way you teach. And then I would, I would always see it from a business perspective. I'd say, how much are you paying these nurses and doctors? And you don't need them eight hours away. How about I come in and we do the class in an hour and a half at the hospital at two in the morning when they're not doing anything? Perfect. 
So I started having people go in. We would do at Kaiser at two in the morning. We'd be at Kaiser Hathaway West. I'd be St. Joseph. Then I started teaching at the school, UCLA. I'd say, I'd go, listen, why don't you give them the CPR card so they're ready to go when they graduate? So that, that kind of was my first start in, in education. And then I would deal with very intelligent women, mostly, that ran medical departments. So these women are PhDs in, in medicine. And they'd go, Armando, we, we need to improve uh, crash, crash carts. You know, when they run and they go paddle, intubation. I say, well, what's the problem? They say, well, a lot of the people that respond in the emergency don't know about the part because they're not trained in that. They just help. I said, wait, why don't I do a class called ACLS prep where I'll teach them how to use the bag, how to intubate, just enough, just enough to help the doctor or the critical care nurse. And they're like, great. So whatever their need was, I would invent a program. Now you may be asking, how did you know? How did you know these things? Uh, well, in the beginning, I just watched and I listened and I, uh, and I modeled and I learned and, I, and it would make sense to me academically. And I always believed education should be two things fun, entertaining, and useful. So they loved our classes because they said, oh my God, they're so good and funny and, and da, da. So, so that's how that occurred. And then I built that up to uh, the largest training center in California. And then we started doing defibrillators. If you, if you know AEDs, automated external defibrillators, you now see them at the gym and stuff, right? Those little AEDs. Well, at the time when I was launching the company, they weren't around. Phillips Medical and Hewlett Packard were just starting to sell those and physio control. And people were afraid. They were like, what do you mean? I'm going to use this on Chuck, but I'm not a doctor. What? How do I use? So, so these companies had a hard time selling them into the commercial area. So I contacted them, Phillips Medical, and I said, hey, uh, I want to distribute these for you. They said, well, we're having a hard time. How are you going to do it? I said, well, I have this CPR program that I think we could add this to teach people how to use AEDs. And at that time they said, well, we're trying to get into Westfield, right? The big shopping centers. If you do that, we'll bring you on. I said, okay, I, I do research. And I figured that, and I found out that even though they're Australian, they're headquarters in Century City. So I drove down to Century City until I found the vice president of safety. And I sold, I said, hey, in a mall, it could take 10, 20 minutes for the paramedics to find the person. You need to give them the shock within the first few minutes to give them the best chance to survive. And they, but, and they thought it was a good idea, but, but they were hesitant. And I said, I wonder, I wonder, there's something going on here. And then I looked next door and I go, what's that beautiful building? They said, oh, that's the Israeli commandos. I go, the Israeli commandos? Yes, PSC security. They run all that stuff. I said, that's the issue. So I went across the street. I said, I want to talk to the Israeli commando. I said, Bokatov, how are you? Da, da, da. And they told me, we run all the security for Westfield. All those little shopping carts, that's PSC security. I said, now I know why I wasn't selling. How about we partner? How about we partner and we put these on your golf carts and your things, and then I'll make you guys a training center to train your security guards in CPR AED. 400 units sold, boom, my company was doing fantastic. And then I learned a valuable lesson as a young 20, 26 year old. Uh, you don't sell good businesses. So a guy contacted me, said, hey, I wanna buy your business. 
he offered me a lot of money. More, you got to remember, I was a, a, a little immigrant from East LA, never, no money, nothing. So for me to all of a sudden someone say, I'm going to give you this much, I've never seen that kind of money. So here you go, sir. I sold him the company. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did okay, but I didn't realize what I had. I, I had a tiger by the tail, you know? So I sold the company. And I was single by myself. Uh, I bought a house. I bought the BMW. I did all these things. And then um, my CPA said, man, you need deductions. You're not married. You don't have children. Uh, you need deductions. You should own rental property. At that time, I barely owned one, one plate that I just bought. And then I go, and, and I had an office in Woodland Hills, right on Topanga. And it said CPR, for those of you that are Long time Valley people, any of you listening, if you've been in Woodland Hills a long time, you might remember that Verizon store on Oxnard and Topanga. Above it, it was CPR training. That was my business. So, but if you also remember, below it, there was a Remax owned by a guy named Jay Belson. Remember Jay Belson? He used to own the Remax on the boulevard. This might be old stuff for a lot of you, but Jay Belson used to own a series of Remaxes. Um, I'll tell you a story about him if we have time. But so I walked oh, we'll, downstairs. We'll make time. I, I walked downstairs and uh, there was, I didn't know how real estate worked, right? So I said, uh, hey, um, can someone help me buy a rental? Like five agents rushed me. And I was like, and I, I, I won't say his last name, but he's still in the business now. His name's Steve something, okay? And he said, I'll help you. I said, great. And I said, um, he goes, where do you want to buy? I said, well, my office is here because I was in a one-year earnout where I had to stay with the company for one year before I got the rest of my money because I was, I was doing the transition. So I said, well, how about right around here? I said, Warner Center. I said, seems nice to me. So I bought my first house right behind it on Khalifa, if you know Khalifa Street, because since we're mostly all Valley people here, for $210,000, right? Um, and, uh, and then... Great. I put a tenant in. Great. Then I said, I need more, you know? So then I would call Steve. I say, I need another one. And, and Steve would show up late, you know? And at that time, you know, the Supra key, you needed to, it was an old one. It was like those yellow ones where you had to put like the, the, the pager inside of it. And then uh, I, get, I started thinking, what does it take to get real estate? What is this business? Like, I didn't even know how much he was making. And so he, he, he sold me two, three homes. And then there's a team that you might remember some of you, Gary and Risa. You know, Gary and Risa, they used to be very big south of the boulevard in Woodland Hills 10, 15 years ago. So they brought the, uh, they sold me, I bought one of their listings on Providencia at that time for like 330,000. I was pretty much all cash because I had just sold my company. And my guy, Steve, helped me, which was no help. But so I negotiated a lot with, uh, with them. About a month later, I'm, I'm getting it fixed up to put a tenant in. Gary and Risa come to my office. And Gary and Risa come to my office. They go, hey, can we talk to you about your, the, the house? I said, sure. We have a buyer. I said, I just bought it from you. What do you mean? I didn't understand real estate. He goes, we have a buyer. Because you got to remember, now we're 2000 three, you know, things are starting to really take off, you know, and uh, 
I go, well, I paid 325. We have a buyer. He'll pay you 430. I said, 430. I said, what is this business where you can make a hundred thousand dollars in two months? I work like a, I won't say the word in Spanish, but como burro, like a donkey to make, you know, <laughs> at that time, you know, six figures here one month. So they're up in my office, which was my medical training business at the time. And we're negotiating. And, and the guy, uh, this agent that I was using comes up and he sees me talking with Gary and Risa, right? And uh, it was like, I was, it was like, he was my girlfriend and I was cheating on him. And he goes, what are they doing here? Why are you talking to them? And I, and I was like, what? what? Why, why does it matter? And I said, well, they brought a deal. I said, I'm not going to use you. I don't need you. I'll use you for now. And I was so like taken aback by what, what do you mean? This is not business. This is personal. That I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to get my license. What does it take to get your license? Right? Because he turned me off so much by the weird way he acts. And a lot of realtors act this way, right? When I'm coaching agents, I go, why do you act so personal? Like you, you make everything like, oh, your best friend didn't use you. Oh, you're all upset. Well, you should think of why she didn't use you. It's probably your problem. You probably don't look professional to her. You know, I noticed it's a, it's a very common thing that a lot of people that are so successful and, and we know them as, you know, real estate gurus, you, you're known as the real estate professor. You know, it, it's funny that many of the stories accidentally fall into real estate. And, and, and you, just, uh, you just touched on that again today. Uh, I do, I do want to change topic just a little bit. Give and, me and one ask... minute because I think I'll wrap it back up in a ribbon. Okay, so, go ahead. So uh, I decide what does it take to get my license? And at that time, like many of you that have been licensed for a long time, oh, you bought a book, right? You bought a book and then you took the test and you only had to take one program, the principal. So I found a guy in Northridge named David Calhoun the Realty Academy or uh, the Academy of Real Estate. So I took it from him. I bought this book. I was dating this girl, this beautiful girl named Brenda at the time. And uh, she stayed up all night with me. I wonder what she's doing. And then uh, she stayed up at that Denny's, at that Denny's. Remember the Denny's by Taft, by your office? There used to be a Denny's, yeah. 24 hour. Me and Brenda, beautiful Brenda, we stayed there and, we, and she st helped me study for the whole night. Then I took the test and I took it. Fast forward, when I decided to get into the real estate education business, I contacted that guy, David, in Northridge, and I bought his business. But go ahead. Oh, you bought his business. Well, it's a long story. Uh, I offered to buy it. He didn't want to sell. Unfortunately, que Dios nos protege, he died. So mm -hmm. he dies. While I'm, while I'm negotiating, his heirs... The people that inherited, call me up. I get this call. Hey, Armando, do you still want to buy this business? I said, yeah, but David didn't want to sell. Well, David's dead. I said, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, he goes, but do you still want to buy? So that was my first acquisition. So I bought his business to kind of understand what exactly the real estate was. And then I realized I didn't need it. What I do is better, but I bought it and I learned and I, and I, and I, and I did it. So, but it was kind of full circle because he got me into the business technically. And then I bought his business. And from there, I created the Realty Academy. But that I'm sorry, nice. go ahead, Lior. Next question. Actually, um, I, I'm kind of an opportunist. So I want to take the opportunity at one. I want to acknowledge some of the people that really take advantage of like Oksana, that she put her 
name, her phone number, her sold sign. I think that's really smart. Change your background. That way, when you're switching between calls and stuff, you're still able to get your exposure. Like, Shane, you should do something for your drones. Everybody should do something uh, for themselves. And also, I want to acknowledge that we have some some sharks here from all over. Like, we've got Omri from Ohio, right? You're in Ohio right now? Um, and we've got Liron from Israel, and people are just working from all What over. about Michelle Cohen? Michelle Cohen's Cohen is not too shabby. Right, right around the corner from us. She's in one of the hills. My Greensburg. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, my question for you is this regarding uh, success and failures, like what you've seen, like maybe your you know top success story that you can tell us about your students and a top like failure story or something, you know, something brief that we can, you know, maybe take away and maybe be able to apply to our lives. Sure. Our sure. Sure, you know, seeing thousands of people get licensed, uh, the ones that I've seen I'm not successful are the are are the ones that are always waiting for things to happen to them, right? Uh, I I call it, one of my rules I teach in class is time kills all deals, and then I teach them done beats perfect, right? So many people are always waiting for the perfect business card, the perfect flyer, the perfect, and they never get started. So I would say done beats perfect. So the people that I've seen have not done well, they're still waiting to, to, for Fabio to take their headshot. They're still waiting for their friend to, in India to do their website for them instead of buying a cookie cutter one and being done in, in three. The ones that I've seen were successful right from the beginning is they acted, they just did. They no, I, I say a thing in class, no talk, do. They just said, okay. I'm going to go sit in an open house and figure it out while I'm there. I'm going to send an email to my friend and say, hey, listen, if you need help, if you, as cheesy as it may sound, I'm in real estate. Can I help? Can I answer questions? I'm going to ask a million questions. And then what I found also is the ones that have good emotional IQ. Like what I tell people all the time, I say, it doesn't help you to be that smart in this business. Like, it, like academically, it doesn't help you too much. Like I wish I, I would make millions more, but uh, it helps you to be high emotional IQ. And emotional IQ means you have self-awareness and the, and the student graduates I've had that have self-awareness do very well. For example, if they go and, and they go, hey, uh, Lior, I assume you, you, you make money by people coming to get loans from you. How can I help you get loans? Well, if you come across someone that needs a refi or this, that, okay, great. And then they make it a mission to find one person next week, even if they don't do the refi to call Lior. And then first they give and then they take. Then they go, hey, Lior, by the way, do you know any place I can sit in an open house? Because I don't have any listings. And I, oh, call this agent. They'd be happy to have you sit their open house because I, I do their loans for them. Thanks, Lior. What's their name? Now they're sitting in front of an open house in Sherman Oaks. They got four leads that day. They're off. So what I found, the ones that are waiting for things to happen don't do well. The ones that make things happen as little as find out about someone else's business, how they can help. The, the old adage, give first, then take. Like I have people all the time come to me. I want you to be my mentor. And I go, why would I be your mentor? Unless you're around 28, 35, and you want children, uh, and you want to get married, <laughs> probably I'm not going to be your mentor right now because I'm too busy. Uh, 
So, but they, but those are people that don't have self-awareness, right? Because they're going, let me come take. The ones that go to me and say, hey, Armando, um, how can I help you? I go, well, you know, I'm kind of busy Sunday. Can you do an open for me? Sure, no problem. Hey, uh, I have someone that wants to take your school. Now, my reaction is, I want to help them now. So I, I think like in any business, if you are self-aware, you give first and then you take, you'll have no problem in this business. Because yeah. this business rewards people that are valuable. I actually agree with that in, in, in life in general. If, if, uh, if you're blessed enough to be able to give all the time, then you always develop these relationships and it just comes back tenfold. Um, so I, I agree with that. If I could add one thing. And, yeah. and, I, and I get new agents that go, but what do I have to give? What do I, I have nothing going on. What do I have to give? I said, your personality. What I tell agents, new agents all the time, and this is something that's kind of lost, is I go, go look at new listings. Go visit these broker opens. Go visit these, but don't be your normal jerk self. Be a better person. For example, when I walk into a listing, let's say it's Desiree or, or let's say it's Iris or, or, or one of these, these monster agents on here. I go, and they'll attest to you. I always go, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. What a great listing. It may be a piece of crap. I go, amazing listing. Great job. I know how difficult it is to get one listing in this business. The fact that you got this, you're a top producer. You're so good. You're, maybe I can find the buyer. And then I leave. Now, the other guy walks in. This is overpriced. Oh, this is overpriced. Oh, maybe I'll show it. What is the upside of acting that way? What is the benefit? To you? Now, Desiree gets two offers, one from Armando and one from Mr. Grumpy. Same price. Who do you think is going to get that deal? We are in the people business. We are in the people business. So one of the things I tell agents, if you have nothing to offer, be a better person. When you go visit, the, you know what I do sometimes? I go get an iced coffee. I get two. And I, when it's a listing that I like a lot, even though I didn't get it, but one of my buyers might be interested, I go visit the agent. I go, hey, great listen, great open house. Hey, man, I don't know if you're thirsty. Here, here's a Starbucks coffee. Good job on this listing. Man, you're, you're killing it, dude. You're killing it, man. Leave a little bit for me. <laughs> and, and now what have I created? A positive feeling for Armando. Now, when Armando calls him, when and guess what? If I needed a, an open house on Sunday and I call him, I go, hey, Chuck, you're too busy for opens, man. You're doing too much business. Let me do it for you. Guess what Chuck's going to say? Yeah, I wasn't doing, I wasn't going to open it. Go ahead, do it open on Sunday. He gives me an opportunity. All that came from what? From me with nothing, going to visit brokers open and, and not being fake, but not being a jerk. And now building rapport. I can't tell you how many off-market deals I've done because we were friends. Now me and Leora are friends, me and Chuck will be friends. I have a new pocket listing coming up on Lake Balboa on Gilmore Street with an 1,100 square foot ADU, 1,600 square feet. This We're going to blow it out. I'm not even going to put on MLS. I'm going to send it out to all my friends that know. And guess what? Because we're friends now, Chuck will go, hey, tell me about that one. It's on Gilmore Street, right off of White Oak. 700, it's probably worth 850, but they're desperate. They're moving to, to South Dakota. Literally, they want to own guns and I'm not a, here to judge. So, so but, but we have a good rapport 
guess what? You get the deal. People, agents don't understand how many deals happen because we like each other. You yeah. pulling that card, oh, I've been selling for 20 years. Who cares? So you're old and you suck. So uh, this is overpriced. Oh, get out of here. Oh, are they motivated? Make an offer before we negotiate. By you being the great listing, I hope I can sell it. Opportunities happen. So I guess what would be my secret formula for, for agents outside of the normal hard work? Be well-liked by other agents. It'll open up a tremendous amount of opportunity. How can you start to be well-liked? Show up at an open house. Bring them a Starbucks. Don't badmouth the listing. Like their social media posts. Call them up. Congratulate them. People are shocked sometimes. They're like, the professor? I go, hey, Katie, good job, man. How's that listing in Porter Ranch going? Oh, uh, it's good, Armando. Yeah, good job. You know, I feel bad that I trained my competition, but I'm happy if anyone's going to beat me, it's you. So good job, Katie. Hopefully I can bring a buyer. Immediately now, any opening I have to communicate to my buyer offer probably is going to have higher preference. So what's the secret? Be liked. And that's so hard for people. Be liked. It's going to be easier for, for some people. It's going to be harder for some people. But um, let's thank you for that. That's that. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things we, we've got. Because I want to dive in. I want to dive in just a, a tad bit more on that and, and ask you if, you if you were to start as a realtor tomorrow, but with all the knowledge that you have now. And, and I want this to specifically be a tip that somebody can tomorrow go and execute a certain discipline. What would be the one thing that you would put most of your attention on in terms of growing your brand and, and, and attracting business? The same thing I do today, nothing different. I would do the same thing I'm doing today to get business that I would do on day one. Number one, I, I would put all my contacts don't, don't worry about the latest CRM, right? When I start talking about contact management, people are like, oh, what? And, and they all say, what's the best one? I don't care. I can tell you the best one. You're never going to use it. You don't use contact management software. None of you do. Maybe Lior does with the mortgage. But the rest of us, we're realtors. We're salesmen on the spot. We, we have mucha. In Spanish, you say, la via. So wh what I first say is get your contacts at bare minimum fill out all the fields on your phone. At bare minimum, all the first name, the last name, the email, the address. At the bare minimum, do what your mother does. My, my querida madre at 79 years old, she has everyone's phone number in her book. I go, hey mom, uh, what, what's uh, Betty's number? She grabs her book, she has her business card stapled on there and she has it. So at the bare minimum, at least have like your mom's notebook where you have everyone's phone number and put it in. So the first thing I would do is go through your phone. You know how you have Susie from Hot Yoga. Have, complete it. Susie Berman Encino email. And, and, and I get a lot of new agents when I say this, they go, but how do I get the information? You call them, right? We do all this marketing to get what? A conversation, but yet we're afraid to have the conversation. You're, you're trying to find some secret way to look up their information. How about you call them and you go, Susie, I'm sorry I haven't called you in six months. I'm sorry we said we're going to do lunch and we never did. But I want to build our relationship. And you know what? I don't even know your last name, Susie. What is it? What's your email? 
I'm going to send you a Christmas card and Hanukkah card. So I need your, your, your address. Okay. For sure. We're going to do a $20 air one smoothie. Okay. Okay. Good. And then I go to the next one and I go to the next one until my phone is complete. But, but agents for it's, they only want to talk when it's nice. Like call and what a perfect reason to call. I have you in my phone as Omri. I, I, I can't remember where we met Omri, but what's your last name? What do you, what's your address? What's your email? Okay, awesome. Hey, let's not wait a year, Omri. We may, we may not have a year. Let's catch up, please. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Toda. And then, uh, so what's my first tip? Make sure that it's not Ed from Jim. <clears throat> Make sure it's not, bet. have it complete. And if you have to call them, that's what we, that's what we do. That's the whole point of our business to have conversations. What I have agents like, isn't there a website I can find their address? <laughs> the whole point is to talk to them. The whole point is pick up the phone and talk to them. That's number one. Okay. I've got, I've got the, the, the elephant in the room, which is usually the discussion goes, where do you think the market's going? And before you even answer, uh, the kind of conversation we've been having is people upgrading and the market doing things that nobody really expected. We all thought the market is going to tank. Now there's multiples on everything. People wanting to upgrade. Someone with a condo wants a backyard. Someone with a backyard wants a, wants a pool. What are your thoughts on that? Um, and I don't want to be flippant with this because I know it's an important topic for all of us. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. In Fair 2007, enough. 8, and 9, I made more money than I made in the last five years. Why? Because I was doing short sales. I was an REO broker for Bank of America for Countrywide. I was flipping my own deals. I had my, and oh, that's right. It's not just AV construction. There's also Oliva construction. And I was doing all sorts of repairs for my REOs in charge. So I don't care. And now what gives you a little more satisfaction? My job at this point is to market to my network to market to people that are my friends, family, anyone who somewhat likes me, cares about me. And my job is to market to them that whatever their need is, selling because they lost their job, buying because they think it's a good time, wanting to flip, what? then that's my job, to get in between the deal and the client. Not to guess, is it going up? Is it, we're like stockbrokers. Who cares if the client made money or lost money on the stock? We make the trade commission. I hope they make money, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is to help them whether they're trying to sell, buy, or lease. That's it. Not to say, I know what it is. In fact, I don't know what it is. You know, it may, in fact, it's like stocks. When I think I know what stock, it goes down. But I don't care. That's irrelevant to my business. I have three active listings right now, two in escrow. Last month, I closed two deals. One was a buyer thinking that, the, the market is going to crash, but they're still going to buy. The other one was a seller had to sell. I, I don't care. I, my, I care about the client. I care about my network. I care to stay in front of my customer to help them. So they go, Armando, we need to sell. You need to help us. Armando, we need to buy. Armando, we, we need to refinance. Armando, we need a, a, a senior loan, reverse mortgage. So my, my goal is not to, to understand which way the market's going but to be in front of my customer for whatever life decision they need to make. So, so being, uh, um, you know, this being a, a people business, 
and a service, you can't obviously answer to uh, one of your clients saying, wow, where's the market going? I don't know if I should buy it. I don't know if I should sell. I don't know what I should do. I've got my rental. I've got a tenant who's not paying me. Help me. What should I do? How do you answer that kind of person? Okay. Well, well, if you if you're in my class, you know I love saying real estate jujitsu, where I turn things around on people. Katie, were you in my class, Katie? Okay. I I practice jujitsu, right? So, for example, right now a customer says, "Lior, is it a good time to buy?" Well, they know that as realtors, we're gonna go. It's always a good time. And now you become a cheesy realtor, right? Interest rates are low. No, when someone says to me, Armando, is it a good time to buy? I go, it depends. And they go, what do you mean? It depends. What's your situation? Boom. Oh, well, we're renting right now. We pay 4,500 a month for a crap house in Woodland Hills. That, how long have you been doing that? Oh, about three years. How's it going for you? Well, not so good. For you, it's an amazing time to buy because who cares where the market goes? You, you burned 150,000 in rent, no equity, nothing. And not only that, we don't buy houses because it's gonna go up because it's quality of life. Like, so you've, you've been having your kids in some shitty rental for three years and now they're gonna leave the house. You never enjoy the house. It's a per. Or if I go, it depends. What do you mean? What's going on with you? We own our house cash. We don't have any kids. There's no reason for you to buy. Why, why would you want to sell your house and increase your property tax and everything? What, there's no reason for you. And then what I love is human psychology. You tell someone they shouldn't, they want it. So whenever, when I go, it depends. What's your situation? And I say, you shouldn't buy. They go, well, what about investment? I want investment. Oh, it sounds like you're burning money in your pocket. You're going to either buy the Google stock or some Winnebago van. I'll spend your money for you. It's a great time to buy. Let's go looking for something. So what I do is jujitsu. And, and that's also what I use when people say the other question, how's real estate? They already know the answer for themselves, right? But unfortunately, agents, we're so programmed to give an answer. You, we're a consultant. You need to learn to step back. So when someone goes, how's real estate? It's going great. Conversation over. How's real estate? It's very slow. It's very, loser, I don't want to deal with him. So what's the right answer? How's real estate? It depends. On what? On a lot of things like location. Right now, Calabasas, you try to buy a house for 1.2, impossible. The multiple offers, anything under 1.5. So, so it depends. Where do you live? Oh, I, I live in Tarzana. Oh, where about? Oh, by El Caballero. Oh, how long have you been there? Oh, we bought in 2010. What am I doing? I'm doing uh, mastery questioning here. They don't even know it. What does it tell me that they bought in 2010? What do I know right away? That's they right, Michelle. Right equity. Equity is what I know. Number two, what do I know about real estate? Why do people buy real estate? I'm going to allow to unmute everyone. So anybody why that wants to jump in. Why do people buy, all you realtors, why do people buy real estate? To uh, get, be, uh, have their friends envious of them. No, but good Money. answer. For real. No, and I'm have surprised because you guys all say the same thing to me. My children, my children. Why are we all in San Fernando Valley? 
because when when you were laying in the beach in Tel Aviv, you said, my dream is to live in West Hills. No, man, because your children, we all start off the same way. You're living with your parents. You move out to your cool little apartment. Then you're living someplace cool, right? You're in Brentwood, you're in town. And then you get married. You get married to that numbnut. And then all of a sudden you have children. And now it's all about, oh, the schools. Now that kid going to Pierce College, but you can still believe he's going to Harvard because that's going to be, you know, in 20 years. So why is the number one reason people move to the Valley? Because they can afford more home and safer schools. It's so, children. Like, I can't wait to have children so I can do that. Like in Braveheart, the movie, The Battle Cry. First, like every, I hope I feel the same way. Because when I talk to the, my clients, which are old parents, I go, what's your best thing in life? My child. I go, that kid? My child. I hope I feel that way too. Now, my mother probably says the same thing. My hijo. But right now, you say, what's best in life? I, I, don't, I can't say that. So, so why do people buy real estate? We know the answer. They're freaking children. Otherwise, you would have kept that cool condo in Santa Monica, Chuck. You, Lior, you would have stayed right in Manhattan Beach, baby, in that cool apartment surfing every day. But it's because you decided to have a family. I have no children, no wife, nothing. So me, I'm, I'm, I just bought a condo in Newport Beach right now. So, uh, and my main house is in Calabasas. So why do people buy? Because of children. That's the reason. And that never goes away. That never goes away. So when I, so by me going, how long you lived there? Since 2010, I know they have equity. What else do I know? Why did they move there? The children, they're going to Temple El Aliyah. They're going to El Camino. They're going to Hale. They're going to Shamanad Catholic school. But what has happened in 10 years? They've grown up. That kid is now at Pierce College and they realize he's not going to Harvard, right? <laughs> so now, now in their mind, they're ready to make a move. They're ready to make a move. So by me having this jujitsu, how's real estate? It depends. By city, by state, where do you live? It's all about them, which is the way the sales should be, all about them. And I'm getting intel. How long? Where do they live? Equity. And they'll share little things like, yeah, you know, yeah, we've been to that on 12 years. The kids have all graduated now. You know what they're thinking? Let me get out of there. Westlake, one story. Let me go to Texas. Let me go this. You're now where we all, all the marketing, all the postcards. It's also, you get to this conversation. All marketing is so we get to this conversation. And here you are in front of Starbucks and you're there. Don't blow it by saying, great, conversation over. Don't blow it by going, it's a jujitsu. So how do you answer how's real estate? It depends. Where do you live? How do you answer how's the market going up and down? It depends. What's your situation? Oh. Yeah. And if you can make, because we all get asked that, right? We all get asked that 20 times a day. What if you can get one of those people every five days? That's four deals a month. Yep. Wow. That's 48 deals. And, and I love it when these coaches go, oh, I coach a team with 95 deals a, a month. No, you don't. No, you don't. I, I have a software called Broker Metrics. I see what every office does and every agent does. Now, there's definitely some maniacs out there uh, for sure, but they're the 1%. Let me tell you what NAR says. NAR says that the average realtor does six transactions a year. That's good. That's good. The medium price home in, in, in San Fernando Valley is about 650. So your commission, two and a half percent, 18 grand. 
you did six. That that's a good living, right? I know we're a little skewed in the valley because, like, you know, everyone's driving hundred thousand dollar cars. But the truth is, if you sold six homes a year, you're 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 doing very well. And the ones that are actually selling multiple double digits, that's the one percent. Yes, Chuck. Um, we like to uh, stay around 45 minutes, so I don't want to take uh, people's time and your time. And we really appreciate uh, sorry, you having you here. But we, we do. Yeah, no, you're amazing. Uh, Leo, do you want to uh, give a little brief on the win of the day and the win of the week? Yeah, maybe we can skip the win of the week if some, if anybody has questions. So maybe we could allow for one or two questions just before we wrap up. I uh, went ahead and gave the ability for all of you to unmute yourself. So if you have a question, just unmute yourself. Or if you have a win for the week, um, anything business or personal, just unmute yourself and, and share with us. So I, I'm actually going to share my win of the week with Lirona Abraham. She's on here with me, with us. She's in Israel. We just closed a deal that we've been working on for, I don't know, eight months, seven months. I don't even know. I lost track of time. And um, it's a nice little $60,000 check. We're just, just really happy with it. Boom, boom, boom. And she's in Israel. She's not even oh. in this country. Awesome. So, let the hustlers hustle. I think everyone should say one positive thing. You're Mark, next, okay. Katie. Oh, Michelle, you're up, Michelle. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question. Do you do any other training for like um, more advanced agents that have been in the business for many years? Do you, do you offer anything? I, I love your style and I just wanted to see if you have anything else. Um, I do private coaching one-on-one because -on -one, uh, people come to me for all sorts of things. Like I have people that go, I want to start an escrow business. I had an escrow company, so I teach them how to get the DOC license, how to go that. I have I have contractors that come to me because when I'm with my contractors, I go, why don't you pick up your phone? It's a complaint. And I go, dude, how do you live a life where all your past customers you don't want to talk to because it's a complaint? I said, Let, let's change that. So, so I talked to them how maybe they can handle their construction business so that they're not always chasing complaints. Uh, so yeah, one-on-one. -on -one, our first is just we talk, make sure you like my style because I'm a results person. So I focus more on if you tell me, Armada, how do I, should I incorporate? I go, well, it depends. What are you trying to achieve by incorporating? Then we'll talk about LLC, S Corp, C Corp. If you're telling me, Armando, uh, should I get a license in Nevada? Well, why are you trying to get a license in Nevada? You know, so a lot of the coaching I do is best when you have an objective in mind. Now, I don't mind you paying me for me to make you feel better for the hour, but what I do best is I'm like a tool, right? Where you're trying to open some door and I'm that final snap. So you contact me when you're trying to get something done. Okay. Now, if you want basic stuff, maybe we can talk, but uh, for the most part, I want someone says, Armando, I want to start a health club. Because I also, I've also just, uh, not taking any more time, but I've built a lot of business. The number one gym in Woodland Hills, the Woodland Hills Athletic Club, the WAC. Ah. I built that. Wow, so, I love WAC. So when I share my story of how I bought it and how I negotiated with the landlord and everything, that might help you figure out how you could do it with your particular problem. So a lot of what I've done, you could use my strategies for your thing. For example, I also bought a Jewish deli. And when I bought the Jewish deli, I bought it for zero. And when people go, how did you buy it for zero? Well, 
number one, the guy owed a lot of back rent, right? So, so I said, how about I take over your rent that you owe? He owed like 60,000. And then you do a, for my graduates, what, how do we transfer personal property? What document do we use to transfer personal property? Bill, bill of sale, bill of sale. So I had him sign the bill of sale, the two ovens, the do this, the da da da. And then I said, great, I'll assume your liability to 60,000 for the landlord rent, all right? So he basically earned 60,000. Then I contacted the landlord. I said, hey, I'd like to extend the lease to 10 years, but I don't need any TI. What's TI? Tenant improvements. What I'd rather like you just forgive the back rent. Done. Forgave the back rent. I got a 10 year lease, but that was the beginning. Then I said, okay, great. I don't want to sell sandwiches every day. That's not my profession, but how do I scale it? How do, how do I take advantage of my, so right here in Woodland Hills, right next to the, the WAC, those of you that know the gym, the Woodland, a deli next door. So I said, well, who's next door? HealthNet. And this is something you may do for your own business. You got to ask better questions. So I said, who's next door? HealthNet, uh, Kaiser. Do they eat? Yes. How can I get them to do big catering? Well, call them. So I called them. I said, because people say, well, doesn't the hospital have a cafeteria? Yeah, but you don't, you don't believe how much they order for big medical conferences there. So I ended up doing three, $4,000 a day in sales to HealthNet, to Kaiser, more than I was doing with the little register and the donut. And after about four months, I sold it to these Armenian guys that run cafes. I'll tell you, I sold it for 180,000. So in three months, I made 180,000 with my brain. Uh, plus I cash flowed it to three months. And I didn't need that deli. I was building up the health club. I was doing my real estate. But when you're thinking a certain way, you're always thinking that way. And if I can help you to maybe fine tune the way you think, then, then we can both do something together. So fantastic. Cause a lot of people always think money. Oh, well, if you have money, no, you need to have resources. And there's a lot of different things that fall under resources, not always money. In fact, money should be the last thing you think of. Go ahead. Next person. What's your, Michelle, you had a question, Katie. What's your what's your comment today? I want to share my win today. <laughs> uh, my as a newer agent is it's a win, and in today's market too, uh, my offer got accepted from my buyer, which I'm really happy, and I also got my second listing um, this week. So I'm very excited to share that. Now, how are you leveraging? Because we're like monkeys, we go from one branch to the other. How are you making sure that the success you have is being advertised to your network? Did you do your Instagram post? Did you do your Facebook post? Did you do your LinkedIn post? Did you do it? And keep hammering because you may think they're not watching you. They are. They're, they are, right? So good job. Awesome. Um, Very um, cool. Um, On me in Ohio. So. Hi, how are you? Anything is possible. And this is a really good time right now to take advantage of great opportunity. I think there's gonna be more opportunity coming in the year ahead than we have money for. And a time like this is where I made a big transition and moved to Ohio to buy rental property. I was an agent 
I was a commercial agent also at Sands Investment Group. And they're a really big firm out of Los Angeles. It was just me and three more guys. I think now they have maybe 50 agents across the country and they probably did over four or five billion in sales in the last eight years, nine years. So- Omri, do you have a social media where you're tracking what you're doing? So someone in LA could go, wow, you can buy a rental for 60,000 and maybe you get some business. I want some site where I can see what Omri's doing. Omri, the Ohio investor, where so, can I watch what you're doing? Where can I, I get excited about $40,000 homes? I would, but I'm selling my company in a few weeks mm. and we're going live on the market. Okay. And I'm All proud. Right, then that's your win. You got a buyer for your company. Great job. I hope. Okay. We kind of already heard from Chuck your win, Iran, but uh, any other win other than your 60,000? Me? That's right. Live from Tel Aviv. Oh, <laughs> next to Tel Aviv, but yes. La Haifa. Uh, next to it. Um, I would say I did UPW with Tony Robbins this weekend, and I'm all pumped up. Uh, one of the How's things. Your feet? I'm so tired. I'm so drained, but did in a good way. Hot calls? No, no, it was virtual. <laughs> no, he did. He did a virtual this time. Yeah. yeah, he did a virtual this time. Uh, but one of the things you mentioned is is resources versus resourcefulness, and that's one of the oh, things that go. I try to keep in mind. So it's not the money, it's not the time, it's not the education. It's really what you have inside. So if you hustle, if you come from a place of of curiosity, of excitement then you'll find a way. So I, I resonate with what you, with what you mentioned before. So. Awesome. Tara, Tara, what's your win for this week? Hi, sorry. <laughs> so I just passed my, um, my real estate exam. Wow. You must've gone to a great school. I did. I went to yours, of course. And it was my first try. So I passed it on my first try. And I just had surgery two weeks ago. So Armando really helped, especially doing that eight-hour crash course. Awesome. Well, I look forward to working with you, Tara. And well, let's, let's close our first deal soon. Tal. I think I know Tal. Tal is uh, one of the administrator... Uh... Assist one of the administrators in uh, Lior's office. Oh, okay. Well, um, D, I know, I know yeah. D. Yeah, yeah, D is uh, one of the top title reps. All right, anybody else want to share? I know I, I took it way over. So Oksana had a question. She wrote it in the comments here. Do you anticipate coming short sales and REOs and apply with banks? Um, yes, because they're already here. Okay. Uh, one, one, one of the things that uh, I would be careful of is being in the West Valley. And, and I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're in the West Valley here, but my, my perspective is West Valley here. We get very skewed. We get very, very skewed, right? We think that uh, $48,000 a year is poverty. We think that uh, everyone should drive a, a Tesla or this. Uh, and when you look at the rest of the state and you start looking and what I would do as part of like, I don't know what your ritual is, but one of my rituals in the morning is I always look at five different cities, right? I look at obviously where I, where I work, I look at Calabasas, but I also look at Fontana 
I also look at Orange. I, I would choose five cities on MLS and I, and, I, and I start looking, what type of listings are these? And when you start doing that, you start noticing, wow, I, I'm starting to notice that there's three REOs now where there was zero. There's two short pays. So now, the, so there's definitely going to be, now the question is, is that good, like in, in 2007, uh, eight and nine, the short sales and REOs were about 70% of the transactions for a couple of years. So the question is, how many of the transactions will be that? Will it be 5%? So you'll see them, but it's still 5, 10% will be that. But again, I don't care, right? Because my question is my network, my clients. Now, if they're the ones that are going to be in distress, then yeah, I should make sure I'm getting sharp on who do I contact at the bank to start the short sale? How do I sign the letter of authorization so they'll talk to me and not my client? Uh, what do they want to hear? Is it the same thing they want to hear 10 years ago that you lost your job, that this, that? Uh, so start preparing before the fight, right? So I do believe there's going to be some. They're already here. However, you want to make sure that you're prepared to handle them. Now, the question, should you start sign up with banks? Let me, let me tell you behind the curtain. All these websites that want to take your money, you know, they say, oh, join here to... The, the way the loss mitigators work and, and these asset managers, they don't, they don't go, oh my God, Armando just signed up to this website in uh, Woodland Hills. I think I'm going to give him the listing. That's not how they work. Uh, they, number one, they already have these established relationships. And even though like our big one in the Valley here is Stephanie Bataco, right? You all know Stephanie Bataco. That girl flies to these uh, banks and conventions she just did two months ago. She just did two months ago. And she shakes hands. She kisses babies. She asks questions. She invests a ton of money to keep those relationships. So it's not about like applying on some website. If that's something you really want to do, then you take one lead, like, and don't be afraid. Maybe you call up Stephanie or you call up uh, Jocelyn from Coldwell Banker that works the website. You say, hey, listen, uh, is there any way you'd be willing to give me a little guidance? And, you, and they may slam the phone on you, but you get one and you call, you call, you call, you work, work until you work away. It's a tough road to hoe for sure. Uh, I got lucky in 2007 because in 2005, Countrywide sent out uh, a request to anyone that wanted to pay $1,000 to be certified Countrywide. And one of my guys that worked for me asked me for a thousand bucks. And I was like, at that time I was like, what's an REO? You know, like I was like murdering it in 04, 05, 06. And uh, plus I'd bought the health club. I was doing a lot of businesses. Thank God he got me to spend a thousand because then all of a sudden I started getting emails. So, but now it's totally different. They're very wise. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and, uh, but if it is something you want to pursue, then start at the beginning. Whoever you know that's in the art, legitimately in the REO business. Like they look on MLS and see who the listing agent was that was an REO broker. So. Use MLS for your advantage. So go on MLS, look at closed deals for five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago. Look at Stephanie Vitaglia, see that they were truly the listing agent on REO, then call them up. There's a guy named Phil in Sherman Oaks at Colo Banker there. Um, I what, one of you may know him. I forget what his last name. Phil Baroda. 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 Yeah. I dated his assistant, Rosa, another beautiful young lady. Uh, and uh, Rosa, uh, not I didn't date her for the REO. It's just coincidence. Uh, and then uh, 
So I would call Phil. He's very friendly. I go, Phil, I know you fly and you kiss butt to 500 banks. Could you give me one step I could take today? If that's what you want to do. And but, you can always join a team of, of people like that that do REOs. Like we had Marty Azulai, who was also doing tons of REOs. Absolutely. And again, be of value to Marty. Right? Be of value to Phil first. Yeah. Right. And then they'll bring you in. Yeah. First give, then take. First give, then take. Well, I want to uh, take this uh, time to – Chuck, did you have something else before I wrap no, I was it? I was going to say um, – uh, we need to wrap it up. There's, uh, I get texts from people saying, hey, like Iris, she said, hey, tell Armando. I said, hi, I got I to gotta go show, do a showing. Um, and different people, you know, they can't stay on as long. You know, not not everyone is, has uh, yeah. leisure of what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, we'll we take this. Thank uh... you so, so much for, for, for coming on and, and being a part of this. You were so charismatic and so much fun and fantastic. Well, good yeah. luck to everybody. Stay well and and let's do a deal together. Let's do a deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. And if you Good need to, to renew everyone. your license or you need any help with a license, call me. I'll help you. We can help you renew. If you want to get your husband license, your boyfriend license, your grandmother license, uh, I'll help you. It helps a lot to have, because even though you would think, well, why aren't they giving me the business? He's my husband. Something happens when they get officially licensed that now they see it legit. They see your business as legit. And they're like, well, you know, my friend at work did mention so it might be a good investment for you. It might yeah. be a good investment if you want to get a relative or your or your children that are sitting there playing games at home right now. Say, at least do something, get your license. I just trained a lot of uh, children of a lot of top brokers. So uh, What's if the I minimum help age? anything. What's the minimum uh, age? Yeah, minimum age, 18. Uh, you just have to be 18 to get a license. Uh, that's it. You don't need high school. You don't need college. You don't need nothing. You don't even need good credit. Yeah. So... Uh, if I can help with anything with licensing or with renewing your license, give me a buzz. I'd love to help. Wonderful. Right. Yeah, we, well, we this goes on YouTube, so people will see it, and uh, people can comment, and you can comment if you'd like on there. But thank you so, so much for, for being a part of this, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, same time. Awesome. Be well.